is Esports Prime Time on a Wednesday. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports, where you can go to bet uh, to make your first bet in their Superbook Sports app, and they'll match it up to $1,000 whether your bet wins or loses. Superbook Sports is where you go. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators, is GaryAshton.com. Get the Intel Edge to succeed with the Ashton team. And Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. So many incredible quality American-made Ford vehicles available for you to go window shop, test drive, or custom order your next vehicle. Do so at TwoRiversFord.com. So, um, X factors and what happened uh, and what happened today in joint training camp practices. So, full disclosure, I uh, I was a I was closest to the Titans first team offense versus the Bucks first team defense, which is where I spent the majority of my time. I did see a little bit of the I saw the last eleven on eleven uh, segment of practice between the Bucks first team offense with Blaine Gabbert and a bunch of backup offensive linemen and no Mike Evans and no Chris Godwin and no uh, Russell Gage. So I basically saw the Bucks backups against the Titans first string defense in the uh, in the final period of 11 on 11. For the most part, I watched offense today, but we talked to Kevin Byard after practice wrapped up and Byard brought up the idea of an X-Factor, a player that's turned into an X-Factor for them or that they need to be an X-Factor on defense. We'll talk about both sides of the ball tonight, but let's start there. In the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch on whichever platform that you choose to consume us, which Titans defensive player is poised for a breakout season in 2022? Real simple. Let me know in the comments and we'll talk about it at length um and we'll go through the different things that happened at practice today i saw julio jones he completed a full practice i saw Traylon burks he did not complete a full practice so those are things that we will discuss when we get to the offensive side of the ball but in the meantime which titans defensive player is poised for a breakout season in 2022 uh let's see mccreary says dadson worldwide roger was on the radio show today as a matter of fact in fact i should have asked reed to pull a clip but that's okay it's too late now um Roger McCreary was on the radio show, and I like him as a good candidate. He's going to play uh, a good bit yet. Uh, David Long for Mark Hankins, who kind of, I think, had his breakout, at least on a national scale. I think a lot more people know who David Long is heading into 2022 than they did in 21. For Derek R., it is, uh, let's see, Caleb Farley. He believes that the second-year corner will have the kind of breakout season many of you hope that he will. I think there's a lot of different nominees, but when we talked to Kevin Byard about um, Christian Fulton, that was a player who he brought up as can potentially be the next X factor for this defense. Man, I think Christian's going to be a real good X factor for us, and he has to be an X factor for us. And I told him that uh, that you had to come out here every single day and set the tone. You're the oldest guy in the cornerback room, so you have to be the leader of that group and make sure that every single day you're bringing the energy. Uh, you're super competitive. He has some good pass breakups over there, and in, in, uh, in in the two men or whatever. But like I said, he's been having really good days. He's been having a really good camp, and I'm looking forward to him uh, during the season. So that's Kevin Byard talking about 
the X factor for the Titans defense or the player that they need to be the X factor for the Titans defense. That is Christian Fulton. I think Christian Fulton is perfectly primed for a breakout season. And I'll tell you why here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible each and every night. They are the place that will uh, make you as happy as humanly possible because they put customer satisfaction at the forefront. Two Rivers Ford has been doing it that way since 1983. They're the best in the business. They've got one of the state's largest selections of vehicles, and their sales staff does not work on commission, which means that you feel no pressure throughout the course of the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Put Two Rivers Ford on your team today. So, four breakout candidates in 2022. I think that Christian Fulton is, I mean, by any consensus, the Titans' top corner, right? Maybe Caleb Farley emerges as that this year. Who's to say? Roger McCreary, I think it's a bit of a stretch, but I really like what Roger brings to the table, and we know he's going to play a lot. When Bayard said that today about being an X-factor, you know, you get caught up in X-factors or or whatever the case may be, but Christian Fulton is somebody who I want to see a larger sample size from of high-level corner play. I know that Christian Fulton is a good player. I believe that he can be a special player in this defense, just as I believe that about Farley and, frankly, McCreary, just as I know that about Kevin Byard and Imani Hooker. I really like what this Titans secondary could be, but I think that in 2022, I need to see a sustained high level of play from Christian Fulton. Now, he missed uh, a few starts last year, I believe. I'd have to go back and look at his game logs to see exactly how much time he missed. I believe there was an IR stint in there for Christian Fulton last year. Hell, you could probably say that about 60 different Titans in 2021. But what we did see from Christian Fulton on the field made you feel comfortable and confident about what he brings to the table. There's all, I mean, you know, there was missed tackles in the preseason game. That is something that obviously has to be cleaned up. But largely, I've loved what I've seen from him in practice. I really like the player coming into this year anyway. And so I think it's entirely possible that Christian Fulton can truly have the kind of breakout season that gets him in the conversation as one of these uh, talented young corners that now populate the league. There's really not that many of them. You have the you have the super famous ones like Jalen Ramsey and um, I mean, name a name a famous corner, Denzel Ward for the Browns, uh, Jair Alexander for the Packers, but it's becoming like there's no I, corner corner doesn't have a lot of famous because of football players right now beyond some of those names that I've just mentioned. And I think Christian Fulton, he's probably not going to be in that elite tier, but I think he can be a damn good football player. And I think I really like the trajectory that he's on. Um, so a breakout player on the defense, you know, I think it's possible that, that Christian Fulton could be well-equipped for that heading into, what would this be year three? Um, but what remains to be seen is how everything around him will kind of shape up between what they're doing in nickel, what they're doing on the opposite outside corner. So many different things that factor into the conversation as the roster continues to be shaped. Now, before we talk about the offensive side of the ball, there was a couple of notes from practice today that I do feel are worth mentioning. One, uh, I tracked all, <laughs> Traylon Burks got three one-on-one reps against Bucks defensive backs, and I think he got one 11-on-11 series 
with the first team offense. He came up with a 70-yard touchdown reception from Ryan Tannehill against the Bucks' first team defense. And then he was done for the day. Uh, he was laboring a little bit. I, I couldn't tell exactly what, if he was favoring a certain leg, if he was, you know, if it was a conditioning situation, if it was another asthma thing. It was not clear to me what his issue was, but it shut him down for the rest of the day. So Traylon Burks did not have a full day of practice. Julio Jones had a full day of practice, though, and did make a couple of plays on the aforementioned Caleb Farley, who did not have a good day. I'm curious to see who kind of steps up in the next day of joint training camp practices. And I think if you're a Titans fan, you don't want to see Caleb Farley put together back-to-back less-than-ideal performances because he was really nice on Monday. And then when he faced some different competition, um, they came in here and gave him the business a little bit between, uh, is it Scotty or Scooter Miller? I think it's Scotty Miller. I want to call him Scooter. I don't know why. I think I'm just doing that because he's small and white and, you know, Scooter Miller makes sense as a tiny white slot receiver. Um, but Scotty Miller gave him the business a little bit. Uh, Julio Jones made a good play on him in the two-minute drill. And Jalen Darden, I think, put the, uh, put the uh, not a spin move, but kind of um, kind of left him on an island in some of the one-on-ones. It wasn't a great day for Farley, but doesn't mean that he can't continue to improve. So let's talk about X-Factors. On the offensive side of the ball, who's going to have a breakout season in 2022 for the Tennessee Titans on offense? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together Uh, in the comments section. Who is going to be your breakout candidate for the Titans on offense this year? Um, Juan Delgado says, am I going to see you at camp tomorrow? Well, I'm going to be there. If you're going to be there, Juan, I do do the radio show at camp every day. So every day that there's training camp, um, especially during my time slot, I'm at practice. Um, and you know, on the weekends I'm at practice. So I, I, it would be the, the, uh, the, so yes, Juan, I'll be there. Uh, I I'm there. I'm there every day. (laughs) Uh, who's going to break out on offense. That's the question. We'll talk about it together right after I remind you about the great folks at Superbook sports. Listen, you need to go to Superbook sports right now. You can bet on every NFL game ahead of the regular season. They have lines for every game. All 17 weeks of NFL regular season action for all 32 teams available now. You can bet your first time in the Superbook Sports app, and they will match that first bet up to $1,000, whether that bet wins or loses. So bring Vegas to the palm of your hand. Bet on football this season or any other major sport that you desire in the Superbook Sports app. Go to Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line, one 800 889 Nine seven eight nine. So, who's going to break out on offense this year? Michael Jones likes NWI. You know, how much better NWI can get, how much further NWI progresses and develops, I think it's going to be an interesting case study. I personally believe that we've seen kind of what NWI is as a finished product, um, and I think that can still be hugely helpful, but I'm not necessarily looking at him as somebody to say, okay, Like, he's going to be the guy that really makes the difference for them on that side of the ball this year. I think he's a functional player, and I think he matters. But breakout, I don't think that would fit that category. Dion likes him some Kyle Phillips, the rookie slot receiver out of uh, UCLA, who is definitely going to make an impact on special teams um, and play some offensive snaps as well as the return man. The obvious choice for Juan is Burks. Uh, I don't think it's that obvious. I don't think I think Burks would be I think Burks probably pretty low on my list right now. Um 
I would probably, I, th- I think there's probably five or six dudes I would put above in terms of likelihood being a breakout candidate in 2022 over Traylon Burks right now. Possible that that changes. But um, when you talk about these kind of things, I think you have to look at what what makes, what meshes the best with the quarterback. And what meshes the best with the quarterback right now, and really throughout the course of voluntary stuff, mandatory minicamp, and now 14 practices into training camp, um, Ryan Tannehill really works well with Austin Hooper. You've talked since you've been here about building chemistry with Ryan. I mean, you, you, where does that show up on the practice field now as far as you being able to anticipate what you're doing, maybe you're getting a good feel for what he's doing out here. Yeah, same answer. It's like any other relationship. Uh, trust is just repetition over time, and I've been fortunate enough to be around here. Uh, what was this, practice 15 or something like that? So having spring and these practices to just keep accruing reps with the quarterback, just like every other pass catcher on our roster, the more opportunities you get, uh, the more comfortable both sides will feel when it uh, comes to the real deal. Austin's done a great job for us. You mentioned we have we have several guys that are, are either new to this team or kind of roles stepping up on this team, and uh, it's been a fun camp for me just building those relationships, uh, building that chemistry, you know, having the conversations, you know, day to day basis on, on what I'm expecting and and uh, how they're seeing certain things. So uh, that chemistry just continues to, to build and to grow. And Austin did some really good things in that two minute. Uh, you know, he's winning one on one matchups and uh, and making plays. So you know, when a guy has shown to consistently do that. It goes a lot of confidence. So that's Austin Hooper and Ryan Tannehill speaking. I think Hooper spoke to us on Sunday, I want to say. And Ryan Tannehill uh, met with the media today after practice, as did Kevin Byard. So Hooper, I think, is the player who I'm looking at and saying, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, because this is a this is a very methodical offense when it's functioning correctly that has big play ability by nature of broken tackles. Explosive plays are critical. Derrick Henry is a big part of that. Not a lot of run games provide that for their offense and in the current NFL construct. Like there's not a lot of teams that can rely on 70, 80, uh, 90 yard chunk plays from a running back the way that the Titans have been able to do with Derrick. Now there's also explosive plays that they've had success with in the passing game, whether it's uh, by nature of their play action game or some of the skill position talent that they have had in A.J. Brown. But now looking at this, what is the quarterback most comfortable with? Well, the quarterback is hugely comfortable with Austin Hooper and the consistency that he brings as a tight end. He may average seven yards a catch this season, and that will be plenty. He doesn't have to be a big, deep threat down the field. He has to be a big threat in the red zone. He has to be a big threat on third down. He has to be a big threat on early downs because God help me if they don't throw the ball more on first down this year, especially to utilize the tight end to just get six or seven yards as opposed to two or three because you're running Derrick Henry right into a nose tackle every time. It's not every time. I'm being dramatic, but I'm saying utilize what you clearly have and what you clearly have is a much more consistently available collection of skill position players that can help you move the chains, move the chains, continue to pick up first downs. Don't have to play third and long because you're not playing third down at all. You're keeping ahead of the sticks. You're being efficient and effective. That's the best version of Ryan Tannehill and something that Austin Hooper um, can help with quite a bit. Uh, Chig, as I expected, is melting in 
quietly MIA. Uh, I don't think he's missing an action. I've been, I think he's been fine. I don't think Jig's been bad by any stretch of imagination. I think Jig's been uh, completely fine for a rookie tight end coming in. Um, yeah, I wouldn't sleep on Jig. Let's see. Uh, Burks is going to be a high volume guy for Ryan Tannehill 17, RT 17. Well, no, I mean, they're not a high volume anything, right? They're a high volume running game. They're not a high volume passing game. So to say that he's going to be a high volume guy for Ryan Tannehill would assume that they're going to throw the ball a bunch. Now, maybe they throw the ball more or they throw the ball in more efficient spots. Like I said, early downs would be great. I don't think they need to lead the league in first down rushes, first and 10 rushes and second and long rushes. There's no reason to exist like that again for a second season in a row. So maybe they don't necessarily pass more, but they choose their spots better with which to utilize the pass. I think Burks can be a good player for that, but a high volume, there's nothing, there's no high volume passing that exists for the Tennessee Titans under this current roster construction. Certainly not this coaching staff. Um, so yeah, I like Cooper to kind of break out this year. Um, all right, let's wrap the show up with the biggest sports scandal of your life. I'm watching the Manti Teo Netflix documentary right now. It's insane. Um, I would invite all of you to watch it. I laughed out loud because uh, because the uh, the situation for the situation for um, uh, Manti Teo at the time going through the 2013 draft process. It was funny because I watched the combine scene and who's the first reporter that I see hovering around Manti, Manti Teo at the podium in the uh, in the combine scene. It's Jimmy Wyatt, a reporter extraordinaire. And this is pre-team employee, Jimmy. This is like hardcore, capital J journo, investigative newspaper Jimmy Wyatt. Like out here for blood, Jimmy Wyatt. The kind, the, the Wyatt that I wish that I... Not, I, I love Jimmy either way, but I did not know him when he was like the dude when it came to Tennessee Titans reporting. And now that he works for the team, it's a little bit of a different scenario. But to see Jimmy, see Jimmy in the mix for the Manti Teo stuff made me laugh out loud. But anyway, so the Manti Teo things on Netflix, um, no free ads, but uh, I, I it reminded me because that's like one of the biggest sports scandals of my lifetime. There have been several. Um, there have been several big ones. I think like Baylor comes to mind. What happened with Art Bryles and the Baylor Athletic Department. Manti Teo was a big one. Uh, in I was a sophomore in college when Deadspin report, broke that news. That was the 2012 uh, college football season. Um, the Let's see, what other? Uh, Joe Paterno was it? Well, the Pater- the Sandusky stuff was bef- like it happened before my time, but the scandal itself breaking out was during my lifetime. That was a massive one, obviously. So what's been the biggest? I mean, Deshaun Watson is a pretty is a pretty <laughs> crazy one too, to be honest with you. Derek Othello West says, but I I, I mean it is, but the the details on the Manti Teo stuff. It, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Now, I've never seen anything like the Watson stuff. I've certainly, thankfully, never seen anything like Baylor and, and all these different things. Um, but what was the biggest sports scandal of your lifetime? Let me know in the comments. And in the meantime, I'll tell you about the team, the team that your favorite teams trust. That's the Ashton team. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, Gary Ashton 
the main man, making it all possible with the Intel Edge that will help you succeed. That Intel Edge helps you sell your home without any showings or staging. It helps you find your next home while the market is still red hot and helps you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity right now. GaryAshton.com for all of your real estate needs and the Intel Edge you need to succeed only can be found at GaryAshton.com. So, what's the biggest sports scandal of your lifetime? Uh, Deflategate, just because of nonsense, is up there for me. But the Manti Teo stuff was absolutely wild. Um, we, I wish that we could play a clip from it for you, but Netflix is hugely litigious and it would uh, disable our show for the rest of the night. So, in an effort to avoid that, we will not. But the, the Manti Teo situation where he was catfished before catfishing was a thing, right? This was the first most public iteration of catfishing before it was a show, before that was a common term. It became a common term after 2013 when Manti Teo got catfished. So uh, with Lance Armstrong also the same year, but Manti Teo was bigger than Lance Armstrong. It gobbled up more air because of how crazy the details on it were. Because you had the situation where he was this transcendent college football player. He cut, he decides to return for his senior season, which probably wasn't in his best interest. All of this stuff starts to spiral because he loses his grandmother in real life, but also is carrying on this internet relationship with a woman he's never actually seen in person. He's only spoke to her on the phone. And to I mean, they interview, they interview the woman who, well at the time, was a man, now a woman. They interviewed uh, the woman posing as Lene Kakua. Um, oh, I've forgotten her name off the top of my head right now. Perhaps producer Reed could look it up. It's just a crazy, crazy story how she orchestrated this thing, how it all spiraled, how Manti just kind of was at, up there on the stage at the Heisman ceremony being asked about this, thinking that this girlfriend is dead, but two days before he's on the Heisman stage, he's getting a call from a woman who's saying, no, it's actually me, I'm still alive. Like, it's all wild, wild stuff. Um, there's been, there's always scandal in sports. Always, always scandal in sports. But damn, if if the Laneka Kua story isn't one of the crazier ones um, that I have ever seen documented and the details on it to go back and like, like I remember reading the Deadspin report. I remember all my buddies sent it around because Twitter, uh, I think people were just starting to kind of get like super active on Twitter at the time. Mark Jones says mentor Kate. <laughs> that's a really, that's a really good one with Ryan Tannehill and Malik. <laughs> I, I really, I really like that submission. Well done. Um, but Getting catfished to the extent that he got catfished was crazy. And again, like this was, this was what 2010, no 2012 when people started to dig into it. So all this stuff was just starting to be documented on the internet. It's like Tiger Woods. Like it just happened to correspond at the same time with the rise of, of Twitter and instant reaction that way. Woo. Man, I'm I'm only through I'm not even through the first two parts of it, but it is uh it's heavy stuff, man. I don't know if it's the craziest sports scandal of my lifetime. Hell, this Watson thing is probably a really big one, is has been a really big one. Um and you know, nineties nineties steroids in baseball. Uh 
I don't, I don't remember it at all. I was born in 93. So like, that's not a part of my, now, you know, some of you are a little longer than the tooth that meant baseball, the steroid era in baseball. That's the last time baseball was fun, right? Like I, you know, I would, uh, I act, I'm an active proponent of bringing steroids back to baseball to make me care about baseball again. But, um, as far as the rest of it is concerned, there's a lot, there's a lot of different sports scandals that you could pick from and they all have crazy stories behind them. Damn, if the Manti Teo one isn't uh, isn't super engaging, uh, it's it's the it's probably the longest I've gone without looking down at my phone during something that's on television. Like that's how I judge things now. It is that captivating that it keeps me off my phone, and that's not necessarily easy to do these days. Anyway, um, I uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. One more primetime show to do tomorrow night. Um, on the radio, oh God help me. On the radio show tomorrow is Taylor Lewan. <laughs> so we will uh, we will deal with whatever catastrophe that brings along with it. Um, he sent me a voice memo today, <laughs> and I will not play for you uh, on the air. Um, but just know that it is going to be a really good radio show from the second day of training camp. We will have Mike Keith, voice of the Titans. We will have Taylor Lewan. Um, who knows who else we will have coming through the uh, coming through the training camp tent setup. Um, Eric Castillo wants to know what time Taylor is scheduled for about what practice into today around like 11:15, 11:20. So it'll probably be uh, the 11 o'clock is central time, 11 o'clock hour. Um, he'll uh, he'll be in there. Um, it will be uh, uh, I'm sure exhausting. All right, have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Radio show starts at 10. If not, primetime tomorrow night at 8 p.m.